Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cross Talk. It's going to take a second for some folks to get in, but I'm excited for tonight um, for many a reason. Um, but one very lovely reason to be excited about tonight is I get another night to co-host with my friend, my familiar, my mentor. Oh my gosh! McClure. I don't know if I accept all that responsibility. <laughs> well, too late. You kind of, you kind of got it. And since it's being recorded, I like to mention that John did call me lovely. Yeah, very. And, lovely. and, I, and I feel that. And and I, honestly, and I, John, of all the things you've ever said, uh, me being lovely is probably the most true statement you've ever made. So I mean, <laughs> that's exciting. I'm, so I'm glad you both affirm and and, and validate. I'm going to support you when you say good things. But uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> an exciting night. Uh, it's a weird night though. I'm kind of having this whole plus and minus feeling about this. I mean, cause yeah, I'm really excited for this session. We've been looking forward to this session for a couple of months, but I'm also not looking forward to this session. Cause this is it's my last official one. crosstalk. Yeah. It's my last call at crosstalk. And I don't know how to feel about that. Um, uh, it's, it's been a great year and a half. We've been doing this program and I just, I'm really excited uh, to see where it's grown and, and the impact. And, and I, I've told people I've, I get comments from all over the state of Georgia, but also in different places around around the Salvation world that said they watch the show and and they enjoy it uh, and they're really impressed with John Wayne. Of course, so am I. But um, and uh, just uh, just a great experience. So um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of happy and sad tonight. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of conflicting weather fronts. I'll probably just get stormy a little later. I, I think tis the season for that all, all around. Yes. Uh, I mean, but uh, yeah, and just uh, for those uh, that are also fans, I mean, obviously we're fans of doing it, but um, for those that love tuning in, I mean, you know, who knows what's in the future for Crosstalk. Um, I just know right now it's, it's going to pause uh, and hopefully uh, either it or something even greater and grander will uh, return uh, soon after. Um, I, I don't think too many forces in this world can keep me and, and Doug apart. So <laughs> something's got to happen. Well, um, I mean, we were really excited. I mean, uh, we got uh, Captain Jonathan and Major Amanda Raymer coming to Augusta yeah. in a couple of weeks. And uh, Absolutely. honestly, when I heard they were coming, I was a little sad I was leaving. <laughs> I was like, Why can't we work together? That'd be awesome. In fact, uh, their daughter, Maddox, who's a five-year-old going on like 20, I uh, was really excited because she thought we were all going to live together, which I thought would be awkward. But and I mean, wow. it's kind of great now to be able to have a chance to hang out with Maddox because she's a great kid and all those great things going on. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for what the Ramers are going to do in Augusta and the great ministry they're going to bring. So I um, hope everyone will come out and support them and all the wonderful things are going to happen. But we do digress. Yes. Yeah, so uh, and, and it's OK that you're feeling conflicted. It's OK that you've got all these feelings because uh, we've got. Um, quite the holy man with us. Oh, uh, the holy tonight, one. Yeah. If I can say so. Um, we have both been looking forward to this for a while. Um, we've invited quite a lot of people, but uh, none more so than uh, our guest tonight, where we excited to get a yes back from. Um, and so we're well, actually, I want to go. On, I think his wife said yes for him. I think that's how that works. <laughs> that's usually how it happens. It works, yeah. But uh, right. to get this guy, you would not believe the amount of red tape I had to go to get this guy. He's he's a sought after speaker, uh, just a wonderful all around guy. Uh, just I mean, it, it's exciting to have him on the show. I, I don't know what it's costing us. I do. It's costing. I know it's lot. costing me monthly. <laughs> I, I can tell you those bills. But uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to, to have him on the show. Well, without talking more around it, uh, Major Al Newsom. Yay! Join in on this love fest that's going on. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, the first few minutes we just gush. But how are yeah, you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. It's been a, a crazy kind of week. I don't know how your week has been. Yeah. Equally crazy. Well, maybe not equally crazy. A different kind of crazy, though, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so, I know uh, Major McClure is uh, packing and all kinds of things, uh, trying to do the final last of everything. And that's always difficult because you, you're trying to make sure everything is perfect, even though uh, he knows he's not perfect. I think he does anyway. I'm not sure. Uh, he's close, <laughs> but not, not quite there. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad this show is recorded. <laughs> you're getting all of it. Today, I'm downloading dude. this and putting this in my reel. It's going to be right. good. It'll be one of your faves. Yes, absolutely. You uh, well, you, you, uh, well, John, tell us tell us who Major Newsom is. I mean, this well, is I, 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 I feel like it's better to get that from the horse's mouth. I, I hate to call you a horse major, but uh, no, I'm, yeah, well, I'm uh, not staying in this division. It's going to get weird, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, well, we're big fans, obviously, uh, of you, Major. Um, just for those that may be tuning in and, and seeing you for the first time, um, what what do you do? Who are you? And 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 all that good stuff would be great. Well, I'm Al Newsom, and uh, the, um, I'm told that I'm the divisional commander for the state of Georgia. <laughs> That's what I get paid for these days. And so uh, and what that entails is just uh, all of the business administration and, and church administration for the Georgia division. And so um, and trust me, I don't do it alone. There's a team of folks here that uh, work uh, in front of me, which is great. Uh, that's why all the red tape just to get to me uh, in, in, in regard. So, but uh, yes, uh, that's what I do. Uh, my passion, if you will, is I love the word of God, uh, studying the word of God. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that I'm a great preacher or anything along those lines, but I just love talking about the word of God. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's who I am. Well, now, now, that's not all. He just got a recent promotion. I can't believe you didn't say something about this. Oh. Come well, on, your, your, your new promotion. I don't know that it's a promotion. Oh, uh, I would have to argue. You're talking about the added responsibility? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the one your wife talked about on Facebook. Oh, the new yeah. job title you're getting. Well, I am getting a new job title. We're still in, in, in flux about what, what that uh, means for me. Uh, but my daughter has announced that uh, she's going to have a daughter, or, or excuse me, a child. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> oh, claiming it, though. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll be a uh, grandfather for the first time, uh, which is exciting. Uh, so we, and then I don't understand how this works. I'm sure every female out there may understand this a whole lot better than me, but we've into some arguments about what I'm called. Yes. And I, I always assumed that the child made that this, you know, discovery when they tried to call your name or something, uh, they would eventually give you a name. Uh, so uh, my wife has chosen a name that's different than the one that I like. And so uh, <laughs> it, it's created uh, strife in the home. Uh, oh. The other problem that I realized when, when she told me the good news was I realized at that moment there just went my retirement money because my <laughs> wife uh, will spoil that kid to no oh, end. So, uh, yeah. So if I'm knocking on your door to live in your basement, uh, after <laughs> retirement, you'll know why. I have a grandchild, so there you go. Yes. Well, yeah, but it's the oldest grandchild that kind of sets the tone for the rest of them. So whatever that one picks, yeah, that's who you are the rest of the time. So and that's that's what I and so I have a few names out kind of whispering in his ear, <laughs> yeah, uh, and see uh, long before they go to the one that my wife has chosen for me. You know, uh, so wow. <laughs> So we pretty much just need to find out what your wife's going to call you, so we know what it's going to wind up being. Well, she, she wants pop pop, uh, and uh, that's what I used when I was growing up. I had a pop pop. You see, there you go. Yeah, uh, that's what my my wife's father is uh, to their grandchildren yep. as well. Really? 
Yeah. Pop, pop. Yeah. So, so it, it's kind of kind of common in a sense. Uh, so that's why I want to do a little something different. I wanted to go with Grumpy uh, because you see, um, <laughs> uh, Grumpy already has a line of clothing, t-shirts, hats. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and it's already marketable. I don't have to create anything new. <laughs> there you go. Thinking like that's a DC. hilarious. <laughs> but how's that going to go? My wife does not think that I'm the Grumpy type, so therefore it just. Yeah, pops I've known you for a long time, sir. Grumpy's not the word I use for you. Well, yeah, yeah. So she said pop pop fits better. So. Plus, I don't know how it's going to feel. The kids are going to be like, who's coming? Grumpy's coming. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay. Exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Growing up, I was a little too country for pop pop. I had a paw paw. So, pop pop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, I can live with that a little better. Even. <laughs> Who knows? So. There you go. We'll see what, what the child calls me if that's the case. <laughs> right. Well, um, as you mentioned, I mean, I, I I don't think any preacher thinks of themselves as a good preacher. I think they just think of themselves as someone who hopefully just loves the word of God. Um, yeah. and, and certainly that's what we're here to do. And that's why we're excited uh, to have you with us. Um, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about feelings, um, looking at it through a, a biblical lens, um, just because feeling like maybe there's some things we don't talk about in the church when maybe we're not as open about some of the things we feel. And, and maybe we even feel a little, ashamed for it. And so we've talked about anxiety, depression. Um, we've talked about pride and, and we're ending out um, discussing anger. Um, and this was actually a choice of yours, if, if I'm correct. Well, uh, yeah, uh, they said you have a, a choice between these few. And because I answered last, I got, got anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, hopefully you're not yeah. mad about it. So. Oh, no, no not mad about it. So. Um, sure. So, uh, yeah, we we sent a, a passage where we have a passage that's kind of going to guide us, um, certainly. But I think uh, if, if it's anything like it is normally, we're going to be a little bit of everywhere uh, in conversation. But ultimately, just trying to um, have an open discussion about anger and, and, and just first and foremost, being honest about it. I'll say I have issues with my own anger. I do get angry. Um, I, I don't know about the Saint Doug. Um, <laughs> but I can't imagine a house of four boys, teenage boys, that uh, is always peaceable. Right. Right. So, no that's why I'm in the office right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it always starts with just being honest. It, it, these are things we all deal with. Yeah. Um, and, and, and any good conversation on how to properly deal with them starts there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the passage that kind of uh, I was drawn to that I shared with you all is from James chapter one, um, verses 19 to 21. Um, and so, Doug, do you have that pulled up? Yes, sir. Do you mind reading for us? Be glad to hear from the word of the Lord. This is taken from the New International Version. James chapter one, verses 19 through 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Mm. And I, I, So part of the reason I was drawn to this and what I like about it, but also what's a, a, an interesting caveat to the conversation, mm -hmm. is that... Um, 
part about in verse 20 where it says human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that was a thought in my mind going into this is we all deal with anger. And I think part of the thing that makes it a little bit of a struggle, too, is some things are worth being angry over, I think. Yeah. But I think it's how we walk out that anger, what we do with that, um, that becomes the question. Yeah. Well, it, it is one of the, uh, I would say, one of the most difficult things in the Bible to re really grasp and get a hold of. Uh, because anger, uh, if you start in Genesis, you'll find it with Cain and Abel uh, in the Bible. It's been around since man has been around. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, I could bring you to passage after passage that talks about the anger and the wrath of God. And uh, so it's been around. God's been angry. Man has been angry. Everyone has been angry. But but you're right. Uh, when you look at that verse, it just really jumps out at you that, you know, it doesn't produce the righteousness of God. And so you have to really get back to exactly, uh, you know, what is anger? How, how <laughs> uh, is anger really expressed and those type of things? So if you were to look in the dictionary, uh, anger just uh, simply says a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure or hostility. Now, when I read that, I was thinking, I don't think the person who wrote that really understand what it means to get mad or, or to get angry. Because just to say a strong feeling of annoyance, when we think of angry, we think of that person that's exploding and, yeah. and going all off. Uh, so, uh, but that, that's the definition. It's that strong feeling of annoyance. So we right away, we, we understand it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling, it's an emotion that we have. Uh, and one of the things that, um, and it took me a while as a, a, as a Christian to come to grips with, to understand that, all right, it's a feeling. And feelings were made uh, as a part of who we are. And so mm -hmm. if God made us, and that's, that's what we all always claim, that God made us, and he only makes perfect things, then our feelings of what we made are perfect in a sense. So the feeling of anger can be necessarily could be a good thing if used correctly. Right. But what we typically do in our human nature is we distort yeah. <laughs> those good things of God. And then it becomes that negative thing. And right. anger has been one of those things that really has taken a detour <laughs> from what God intended anger to be and what God used anger to when you look in the Old Testament, um, when God gets angry, God is angry about injustice. Mm. And, and he gets angry, especially when he talks about being angry at the children of Israel over and over again, where he allows them to be conquered and, and allows them to go through struggles and difficulties because he's angry and upset about a broken covenant that they made with God. And, and his people, and they, they haven't been living up to it. Right. So his anger is there. Uh, it's a feeling. Right? If we, we put it that way, it's a feeling. And uh, it is it is real. Yeah. It, it's there. And his anger is there. It's displayed. And he's displeased about everything that has transpired. So uh, it, it's simple things. Well, I won't say simple, but a covenant can cause us to anger. Have you ever realized the things that make us angry in a day? Uh, you know, 
I don't know about you, but sometimes even getting up on the wrong side of the bed can, can make us upset about how the day starts out. If certain things aren't certain way, and I, I can I have to be confess here publicly, the older I get, uh, the more I like things to be a certain way. And when right. they're not that way, I'm not necessarily feeling happy uh, or <laughs> joyful at the moment. Yeah. Uh, my wife, uh, you know, and this is where the grumpy things comes from. Uh, my <laughs> wife seems to now think. Now we're seeing it. Yeah, it, it, it's coming out as the older I get. Uh, but uh, so if anger is this feeling that, that God give it to us, given to us as a part of our emotional makeup, and it's a good thing, how is it we can use it for good and how is it that we use it for wrong? I think I don't need to go into great detail about the wrong. I think the, the issue we struggle with is how do we use it for good? Uh, one of the things I realized about anger more than uh, other uh, feelings is anger actually has, has two-fold uh, structure to it. It impacts us the most, I think, physically. Uh, when people get angry, uh, the facial muscles change. You know, uh, how many times have we told, uh, how many muscles does it take to smile? How many muscles does it take to frown? Uh, and, and those type of things. It really impacts us physically. Uh, mm. And if you've ever met really an angry person, uh, and I have met a few of those in my lifetime, uh, they, they, the demeanor, their, their, their walk, their talk, their, their hunch over, you name it, they physically carry that anger. And uh, so it's a feeling. It's a real thing that we have. And, uh, and we have to learn to be able to take that feeling and, uh, and not sin. Because uh, if you would go to Ephesians, uh, I think it's, uh, let's see, I had it looked up here. And Ephesians 4? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, it, it tells us, you know, we, we can we can be angry, be angry. I mean, I can't tell you there's at least four or five times in the Bible. It says be angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's OK, be angry, but sin not. Now, that's 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 the hard part for us. Right. I would not sin in being angry. So I had to ask myself if I have this feeling and I do. Uh, and how do I how do I manage that? So that I can be angry, but not yet sin. A couple of things came to mind. First of all, I have to ask myself, why am I so angry? What is it? We have to begin to look at and dissect our anger. What is the thing that's really causing us to be angry? Oftentimes, I find that the most, uh, the reason that I think most people get so angry is because of, first of all, a disrespect. Uh, I, I'm amazed at that. You get cut off in uh, while you're driving and people get road rage and you name it, all the things that transpire from that. And it's not so much that you got cut off. It really isn't. Is that somehow you feel disrespected when they cut you off. It's, mm. it's that disrespect. And so uh, I have to. So if disrespect is my issue, why do I feel so disrespected? And then I have to begin to break that down, get, get to what I call the root cause. How do I change that? So what I say when we're talking about this feeling of anger, how do we corral it? There are two things that I think we need to look at in corralling the anger. First of all, God's word. That's always going to be the, 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 the crux of it. So if the things that are, that are really making me angry are things 
that uh, what I'll call under my skin <laughs> mm. uh, issues that I haven't dealt with in some form, then I need to go back to the Bible to begin to look at the Bible and remind myself who I am in Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about who I am in my skin. It's about who Jesus says I am, who he claims me to be. He says I, I am a royal priesthood. He says that I'm a child of the king. I, I, I have royal blood flowing through my veins. So I have to remember who I am in Jesus Christ according to his word. I have to begin to place that anger in perspective of God's word. Mm. And so when I can do that, I begin to change what the anger begins to look like. And so we look at God's word. The second part to corral anger that I think is important is the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, one of the things I learned a long time ago is I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. I need the spirit of God working with me. Uh, and, uh, you know, the John, the 16th chapter tells us that the spirit, uh, part of the function of the spirit is that he is going to lead and guide you into all truth. So when I'm really talking about this whole anger issue, what's the truth of the anger? And if I don't have the spirit, how can I be led and guided? to where and how to deal with this anger within me. Uh, and so we, we have this emotion, it's real. Mm. And if we don't, uh, are not careful, we can let it blow up like a volcano. Yeah. And there is, and when we talk, uh, there is nothing righteous about that. No glory that God receives from that. Now, when we talk about in people, I've heard people use the phrase righteous anger. Now, there's such a thing as righteous anger, I believe. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. When you get angry, one of the things that I, and I don't know how different people deal with anger, but I knew I had an aunt who when she got mad, everybody knew it, not because she acted out in a sense where she got real steaming mad and yelled, fussed, cussed and all of that stuff. She would start to clean. Uh, and she would clean the house from top to bottom. And everyone knew you better get out of her way while she <laughs> That's convenient. angry. And, and we express it in so many different ways. But we knew that anger. But what the anger does is gives us an energy that we didn't have before. Have you ever noticed how mm -hmm. people get energized all of a sudden? They could be dragging in uh, about half dead. But when they get mad, all of a sudden. Oh, nothing stops. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah this energy that comes out. And, and uh, so I think part of that is a God ordained thing that the anger is a righteous anger. is supposed to cause us to have energy to be able to begin to work, to correct the injustice that's taking place. Right. Uh, and, and that work comes from that energy, that anger that we have inside. If we didn't have the anger <laughs> and I think, and I go back to the story of Hosea, uh, and I don't know if you remember, uh, Hosea was a prophet. Uh, he was preaching God's word out on the street corner uh, and sharing God's word. And really nobody was listening because there was really no passion behind what Hosea was sharing in his message. He was sharing truth. He was sharing what God had asked him to share. But there just seemed to be no passion. And so, you know, the story, God causes him to fall in love with Gomer. And Gomer, uh, as you know, was a prostitute. Uh, and we could spend a whole lot of time on that whole subject matter. But uh, what, what, boils, what it boils down to is he falls in love with this lady who leaves him. And all of a sudden, Hosea is angry. 
angry at God, angry at, at Gomer. He's angry. And the way he now preaches is so much different than the way he preached before. Before mm -hmm. he was telling truth. Now he's passionate about the truth because mm -hmm. he understands the message that he's sharing with the children of Israel. He knows what it feels like to be left. He knows what it feels like to be uh, dumped, if you will. By, you know, <laughs> and that's basically his, his, his message that he was sharing with the children of Israel. You've left your God. You've broken your covenant. How could you do this? And, and now he's sharing it with a passion and an understanding that he didn't have before. And so that anger, that, that anger in him caused him to share in such a way that he was so passionate about what he was sharing that people began to listen and to hear. And I, and I love the story because you, you'll remember uh, she, she leaves him with the children <laughs> and, uh, and then he gets word that uh, she's on an auction block so many cities over and God tells him to take his hard-earned money and go and buy her back. Mm -hmm. and, and it takes everything in him <laughs> to really go and, and do this, uh, do this thing. And that's that energy that we receive from that righteous anger that causes us to accomplish good things for the Lord. So there is a, a, a way uh, that we can have a righteous anger that causes us to accomplish good things for God that brings about the glory of God. And so through the buying back of Gomer, uh, he understands the redemption story. He understands what that means to buy back your loved one the one that you and so he he can tell Jesus's story or God's story about what's going to transpire and Jesus Christ coming to redeem the people that he loved who have been stolen by the enemy and so it, it's that 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 passion that he shares that with but it came through anger it came through that feeling of anger of what had transpired to him now I don't know about you guys uh, you two good-looking guys probably never had a broken heart or anything along. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but we don't have that anger that could arise from that, all that pain, if you will. That get there, there's some good things that can come out of it. So how do we channel it to the good things? That's the part I think that the Holy Spirit directs us. If you will look at Gomer's and, and Hosea's story, you'll find that the Spirit of God was speaking to him all along the way. Right. Telling him these are the steps to take. These are the things to do. This is how you move forward. And in order to redeem the anger or the, 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 that feeling of anger and not allow it to turn the wrong way, it is through the path that the Holy Spirit carves out for us. Uh, it's, so he says, be angry, but mm. then not. Exactly. Yeah, that's scary because I don't know how you do that every step of the way, but I just right. know. And when you really get there, you better call on God. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Well, wow. and, and a great point in bringing up Jose and everything like that. And that, I mean, it opens up um, so much into the window of, of, of the kind of thing we're, we're talking about here and what we're looking at. And, and really, that's that's what it's all about. And, and it's almost um, interesting that anger, you know, gets saved for last because it's the most um, interesting to talk about having a purpose almost. Right, um, right. So many of what we, so many discussions we've had have been like, well, they, they come from a, a good place, but, you know, we, we have to kind of take it this way. Whereas anger, anger in and of itself can, can be used rightly um, 
it, it's, it's probably the most significant one that has purpose, I think, in all of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, uh, a sense of redemption for the feeling. Uh, right. That, that's there. Yeah. Uh, if we use it in the right way and channel it. Exactly. And and I think in a moment we'll get more into that because I think that's the big thing of, of, of this discussion. And and thankfully, folks um, have been bringing that up in the comments and everything. Um, but it's, it, it's about how you use it. It's not about whether you're angry or not angry. Right. It's never that. It's it's instead where it comes from and how it's used. Yeah. So I, I know we'll take some time to discuss that. But first, <laughs> um, halftime. Halftime. <laughs> I'm going to call a quick halftime. So, um, we like to have uh, interesting questions. I, I believe when you when you want to know more about someone, ask questions. Um, and, and so uh, here we like to take time with our guests to give a little bit of a would you rather. I think in the choices people make, it, it enlightens us into the kind of character and person they are. So I try to think of things that would make me angry. <laughs> There's a lot, actually. But um, in choosing which we'd rather deal with, would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green. You mentioned tra you know, traffic and driving. That's a, that's a center of anger for a lot of people. Yes. Or would you rather never have to stand in line again? Um, and you got to uh, tell us why. Yeah. yeah. Us why. Well, I, I hate traffic with a passion. And mainly because most of my appointments have been large cities, uh, Atlanta, uh, Washington, D.C., yeah, uh, where you could sit hours in traffic. And, and it isn't so much that you're sitting in traffic. You don't have a rational reason for the traffic. You're not that, going anywhere. <laughs> that, you know, that. And so, yeah, I, I would say the, the light screen. Yeah, that that would that that keeps me less angry. Yes. <laughs> right. What about you, John? Um, for me, I think it has to be the same thing, because with traffic, almost all the time, the issue is not seeing the end in sight yes. or not even knowing what's causing it. Sometimes right. it's absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I say all the time, you know, I, I wait in lines at Disney. I, I know what it's like to wait in lines for something, but Disney makes it worth it. You know, you're at Disney. <laughs> yeah. I can find ways to make purpose for waiting in line. Um, not not so much for waiting in traffic. I, I'd much rather cruise home. My 20 minute ride would be five, probably. Yeah. Uh, in that instance. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as usual, I'm different from everybody else. I, ooh, good Lord, I cannot stand being in a line i i don't know what it is i it it, it annoys me it, it's it it just drives me insane that i'm saying this line i'd rather go ahead and make a reservation and come back 20 minutes later the same amount of time i'd rather walk that's why i like the whole fast pass system at disney you mentioned disney right. i'd rather go and get an appointment for a later date i know it's the same amount of time to wait there but so i'd rather get an appointment for a later date and go and feel like i'm doing something Mm. They're just kind of sitting there. And there are all times in my life when I don't do anything, okay? I just sit usually in my chair and watch some TV and just kind of chill. But I still feel like I'm doing something. I'm at least I'm watching TV. Just right. standing in a line. And then, of course, you know, I have to think about the, the, the concept that right now I don't stand in line alone. I stand in line with four little boys. Yeah. And to keep four little boys from killing each other while they wait in the smallest of lines. So, yeah, I mean, at least green lights. I know I'm in a car. I'm going somewhere probably. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, the standing yeah. in line thing, you know, it feels like I'm the kind of guy that I twitch lanes in traffic, and yeah. I always pick the wrong lane. Yeah. Right. I always pick a lane that doesn't go. The lane's moving until I get into it, then it stops. I right. know it's just context, but there it is. Yeah. Well, uh, and again, one of the, I guess, 
the issue. I'm, if anybody knows me, I like to watch people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not in a, a, a weird way, but just to kind of see human nature and interaction. So standing yeah. in line, I get to see the dynamics. I get to see that father that's holding four kids trying to corral hilarious, you know, so you right. got to go with that. So line is more entertaining for me than sitting in traffic. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, sitting in traffic gives you such riveting games as I Spy. Yes. <laughs> you the know, license so. plate game. <laughs> and, and, and anybody that knows me knows usually if I'm in a line, it's for food. And so at least smelling the food, smelling what I'm I'm waiting for keeps me motivated. Yes. Or coffee. Or co- Oh, <laughs> or yeah. <laughs> Although, no, most places part the Red Sea for me when I come for coffee. They see me coming. <laughs> so. Well, uh, anyone listening, watching, please feel free to give your uh, comments. Would you rather have all traffic lights be green as you approach, or would you have to rather not have to stand in line any longer? And I just feel like I have to say, because he's family, Justin, this is how you go to jail. This is not right. <laughs> this is how you give your mother righteous anger. Yes. <laughs> okay. Before we get back to the show, John, I need to I need to have a moment. Oh my. With, with our special guest. Absolutely. There was a time in my life where our special guest tried to kill me, and I need to bring this out into the open. And he and I need to share I, this. I have so, to say, this is a cathartic moment for me. I need to confess. But yeah. real quick, I am not a certified therapist. Yeah. So I was a young officer, and I was spending time with my family on a river, the Nantahala River. It's a beautiful place up in the Carolinas. We come behind another boat. This boat is occupied with, I consider to be pillars of the Salvation Army community, leaders, people I look up to that I've I've wanted to be like my whole life. I'm looking over at Al Newsom, at Mark Woodcock, with their families as they – smoothly go down the river. I mean, they were cutting through the river like expert river people. It was amazing. When we get close to their boat, they both decide to throw water into our boat as we get near them. So here are paddles full of water being thrown on me by two of my idols in the Salvation World trying to sink me. You know what they say? It's not the water outside the boat that tries to sink you. It's the water in the boat that tries to sink you. It's not often that some of your childhood heroes are throwing that water in the boat. Yes, it was my understanding it was a cultural greeting in Carolina that you did. I'd hate to hear what uh, cultural greetings they have in Oklahoma. Then. Uh, I, well, I'll let you know, but I, I would just like to point out that Major Newsom is not from the Carolinas. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to know where he came up with that cultural greeting line. That was good. But, yeah, I just want to let you know that this man attempted to sabotage my career early on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, or, or, or to, to proof you a little bit. Just oh, yes, yes, yes. He knew you could um, handle it. You know, I've heard what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And there so. you go. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, and there it is. But no, I just to say that, that we've known Alan Teresa Newsom for for many years. And uh, Major Newsom, it's a real honor to have you on the show. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And please uh, share our, our, our love and our appreciation for your wife. Um, yes. And uh, hopefully we'll get her on a future show and she can, she can tell us the other half of the story. <laughs> there you go. Um, so w- one passage, um, we've already had such great conversation, but in, in kind of steering into, I mean, what we've said is, is the real meat of it all is, is okay. Well, how do we deal with, how do we use rightly put anger and everything? Um, I was really drawn to, uh, Proverbs twenty nine eleven, 
Um, and, and you've already touched on a lot of, of what this verse kind of encapsulates, but just to share it, uh, it says, fools give full vent to their rage. Yes. But the wise, and, and I really like this, and I don't know if it's just the new NIV version that puts it this way, but I like the way it's put. But the wise bring calm in the end. Yes. And I like that because similarly to um, James chapter one and a few others that just are honest with, you're going to feel things, feel those things. But at, at some point you have to uh, rightly apply it or rightly, um, you know, deal with it. But right. in, in the end, righteous folks, God's people should be the ones that don't add chaos and, and fury to the situation, but yeah. a, a, a peace um, and, and um, a calm in the end. Well, and again, anger is one of those things that's always directed toward a person. Mm. And, and, and the difficulty with that is when you're angry with someone, it's difficult for you to see them as God sees them as their children exactly. or someone that he, his son has died for. And so, um, oh, you're going to go back. You're going to roll that back, sir, and say that again. <laughs> the people in the back didn't hear all that. I, I can't remember what I just said, but OK, we'll go with it uh, No, But it's difficult for us to see people as God sees them when we're mm -hmm. so angry. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, um, if you look at cartoons when you're young uh, and people got angry, they just turn red or their eyes turn right. red. And we start looking at them through a different lens than when we <laughs> when we are sitting in church and, and sitting in a uniform, or, mm -hmm. uh, that type of thing. And so uh, it, it is difficult for us to, to treat people the way that God would treat them when we're angry. And so when we try to live out or move uh, in our anger, we have to ask ourselves, how are we treating a child of God? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in, when I was growing up, it was always treat people the way you would want to be treated. Uh, that, that was the kind still, of still a good thing to live by, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, you know, I don't I don't think that's it really what God really wants. God actually says treat them better than you would treat yourself. Mm. Uh, and so if we were to actually live by that, then, then I couldn't be angry at you long uh, because I would want you to treat me <laughs> uh, with a lot more respect than I was treating you at the moment that I was angry at you uh, for whatever reason. And, and some of the things that you may do. Uh, but here's the thing, especially when it, we're talking about people, uh, because some of the things that they do toward us, we can just say, hey, that's just sinful. Well, guess what? If they are a sinner, I can't expect them to do anything but sinful right. things. Right. But why am I expecting something different from them? Uh, and so when I'm looking at them, I have to look at them through the eyes of Jesus. I, I would I would I would hate to think that Jesus hung on the cross and looked out at us and said, you know, <laughs> mm. I expect you, you to be holy, but you're not holy. Uh, one of the things, I, if you look back uh, when Abraham was called and uh, God was, uh, he started that journey, God had a moment where they took a covenant together. And uh, what you will see, and, and I always, it always struck me, when uh, they laid out, I don't know if you remember what the covenant ceremony was like, but they would take animals and they were pretty bloody. It, it's yeah, pretty gory. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. I don't know if that was a holy thing or what, but they would cut the animals in half and lay them apart, and you would walk through. Yeah, we're doing it next Sunday at the Croc. You should come. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna well, bring I will wait till after you cook the animals and then I'll come <laughs> with the barbecue sauce. But, uh, <laughs> That's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah. 
but they would walk through the uh, the the, uh, the animals and and just a sense of may this happen to me <laughs> if I break covenant with you. That that was the thought behind it. But what you will see happen between God and Abraham was when that when God passed through, He burned up all of the, uh, the 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 offering. So Abraham never had the opportunity to go through to seal that covenant with God in a sense. Uh, and what, what God was saying, in, in a sense, and, I, and this is my belief, God was saying to Abraham, I don't care what you do. I'm going to keep covenant with you right. uh, because this is this is my covenant to you. Uh, and you may slip, you may fall, you may stumble, uh, whatever the sin may be that you have, I'm going to keep covenant with you. Right. And so uh, that that to me spoke very loudly. And we, we don't we don't treat people that way in a sense that uh, that we see them, we get angry with them. We just don't see them how God sees them or that we're in covenant with them. Or that they're my Christian brother and sister uh, that I've, I've you know loved for so long. And all of a sudden there was this error in judgment, of, at least in my part, I thought it was an error in judgment. Uh, and so, uh, they, yeah. And so we, we just don't see, we just do not see people loving in spite of anger. Uh, right. Well, and, and that kind of goes back to where you reference, you know, be angry, but sin not, you know, it's yeah. that same thing of, you know, now, you know, we 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 have this expectation as followers of God to be holy as he is holy, but yes. not because we ourselves and our own power and whatnot are holy, right. you know, as you alluded to before, you know, and, and we can't deal with, our anger, uh, good, good or bad, uh, on our own. Right. Um, we'll know, go back to the Holy Spirit thing again. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it has to go through. And, and the only way anything gets accomplished of any good fruit in our lives is, is through our relationship with God. The only reason we love people or don't love people is whether or not we do or don't love God enough that it changes and affects us. Right. And one of the other dangers that I see uh, that, that, deals with anger is this this issue of repressed anger mm. and and, um, and I think this is one of the issues that Christians struggle with the most with unresolved anger in their life uh, because you see they were told that you just have to act Christian mm. they didn't say we have to deal with the anger uh, wow we, we just have to act Christian and they suppress it and then what what the boiling point gets to when that repressed anger, it's built up to a certain level that that kettle pops and and there it goes. And so I see Christians in this mode all the time and they they will repress anger and repress right. anger and repress it, thinking that's a Christian thing to do because, you know, we, we're not supposed to act out. In that right. sense. And so they just repress it and not deal with anger. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and that's what happens so often in how Christians we're, we're not really um, in a lot of cases equipped to to properly deal with sin, just repress it, yeah. cover it up, you know, um, act like it's not there. And, and and that's a driving force behind all of these conversations we've been having is because the reason we need to have these conversations is because too many churches and too many folks don't feel like they should or can. Yeah. You know, I can't be a Christian and be sad. I can't be a Christian and be angry, yeah. uh, you know. But, you know, I, I think my, my issue mostly is we don't resolve our anger mm -hmm. uh, and that's uh that's the sad part i think matthew uh i'm not sure exactly fifth or seventh chapter 
uh, it talks about when Jesus talks about the concept of listen, when you go to the altar and bring your gift to the altar, if you have aught or anger, if you will, in your heart mm -hmm. against your brother, leave your gift at the altar and go and make it right with your brother. Right. Uh, and, and that says to me that, hey, you know, it will be difficult for me to live a Christian life if I hold uh, and repress anger against a brother that I've never dealt with. Right. And I don't don't get that out and, and, and deal with that issue. How I mean, Jesus says, listen, I, I love this concept because he's saying, leave the altar, leave the whole Christian church stuff. Go get this right. Right. Then come back and then your relationship can be stronger with the Lord as you walk with the Lord in truth and honesty. And, and, and it, nothing held back. Um, I was I don't know. I, I've never been, but I've been told folks who have been to California to the Redwood forest there uh they do the tours through there and they will often have um uh what they call slices of the tree so you can see all of the rings and oh, see wow. the rings in it. and what they will tell you is uh when you cut the tree uh those rings tell you the whole story of the tree you will see certain lines and they will tell you well this is when a fire came through and the tree was burned because that ring is scorched or you will see uh, this is when there was a drought and the, the tree suffered. This this line represents that. And you can tell the history of the tree. And I think somehow our repressed anger, we think uh, somehow we want our history to be told in that. But God's not looking for our history. Our history is supposed to be covered under the blood of Jesus right. Christ and, and move forward and not, not necessarily build up something so we can tell people, well, you know, people hurt me at this date and this time. You know, I was hurt by my parents when I was little. And I'm still angry about that. We got to grow up in our Christian faith and our walk. At what point in our Christian walk do we begin to grow up and to live the Christian life as mm. God desired us to do? And I, I just, and this is one of those things that I'm in my spirit lately that I've been dealing with and talking about is uh, when am I going to see uh, what I call grown-up Christians <laughs> mm. uh, operating in the church. I, I just see the opposite so much. Uh, we still act like children running around mm. the church, and we still struggle uh, with dealing with issues in life. Well, look at what happened in the past year, the pandemic, and what happened to Christianity as a whole during the pandemic. It's like we haven't seen this before. We don't know how to deal with this. Yes, we do. We have a God who is able to do all things. We have his Holy Spirit and power. How can we not deal with what the issue is of the day? At some point, we got to learn to grow up and walk out our faith right. <laughs> that, that God has given to us. Well, and the, the author of Hebrews definitely dealt with that uh, in a very close way, you know, moving from milk to snake, you know, getting yeah. off of the same Sunday school routines and instead leading Sunday school, you know, yeah. putting, just putting that out there. But, um, but at the same time, you know, both of those, uh, you know, approaches, both of those come from a place of being frustrated, you yes. know, a passion for, I know what it can be and I, I see what it's not, yeah. you know, and, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier of, you know, I, I, I think we at the Salvation Army are full of people that have rightly been frustrated and maybe angry about the way things are in our community. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in our uh, uh, states and in our um, areas, because if if we aren't frustrated by the way things are, 
then there's no passion in, in what we do to change those things. Social service is built on the back of being frustrated with the status quo and being frustrated right, with right. you know um, oppression and 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 lack of of resources yeah. uh, and doing something about it. And so, yeah, it, it, it there there should cause something in us to rise up to make change uh, when change is necessary. And that's what I, I went back to earlier when we talked about those two things, the Bible and the spirit, you know, John the 16th chapter said that function of the spirit is that he will lead you into all truth. Right. So he's gonna make sure you understand the truth about the situation, but also uh, part of his job and, and the path that he, he labels out for it will be the path that God desires. So he says it, one of those functions is also to tell us future, or what things to come, things to happen. So here's the thing, God shows us these issues and there is something in us that that causes us to to kind of get upset about it uh, not necessarily always angry but upset you know because yeah. we be polite as Christians uh, so, <laughs> well the issue is we do nothing you're right. that that that's the quenching of the spirit that that's the part I think uh, right. yeah that that holds the spirit back I well think, yeah I, go ahead. I've told the story before here. In, in in church and everything of um, there's in the in our old apartment um, there was a, a painting that you know when when it was our first apartment together me and my wife and so we we split the responsibility of decorating obviously and and there was a a, a, a Star Wars painting I put up in a place I thought was great because everybody could see it we didn't think it was great because everybody could see it. Yeah. <laughs> And so she'd walk by it and and she'd say, I hate this. And she'd move on, you know, and she'd just take oh, every opportunity. She hates Star Wars? Well, just the just okay, the okay, okay, okay. Hated where it was okay. She wanted it, she wanted it somewhere else so we yeah. could actually host most people. Um and she she'd say that whenever she passed by it though, and she'd have a moment and she'd make sure I knew that she she did not like it. Yes. But she never did it. you know, do you want me to move? No, no, it's you put it there, it's fine. <laughs> I just want you to know I don't like it. You know, and then um, rookie, right? Funnily <laughs> enough, we've, we've since moved, and and for the past two years now, though, uh, in our new house, I still have that poster, and yeah. it's still up, and she still says, "I wish we'd put this somewhere else." I hate this, yeah. and so, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, we we act angry about a lot of things that we should be much more angry about and do something about. Yeah. Uh, than we are. And then things that should get us frustrated, things that should get us feeling something and doing something about it just seem to kind of don't hit on the radar. Yeah, I, I think um, that when we repress that, as we talked about earlier, that mm -hmm. anger gives us energy. And we just yeah. learn to, to just hold on to that energy and not do anything about it or take that energy and use it in other areas when the anger was supposed to cause us to move in that certain area. Do something. Uh, when you look at uh, Romans, the first chapter, verses 16 through 18, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, they, the just shall live by faith. And oftentimes we stop reading right there because that's nice. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But that next verse in the same context of sharing the gospel, he says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And so I, when I look at that and I'm saying, first of all, if God is not happy about it, how come we don't know about it? If we're supposed to be following him and walking in, how do we not know that God is not happy about what's going on? And how do we not get in the stream that God is actually wanting to do something about it? And the hands and feet that God wants to use is ours. Mm -hmm. so that's too much thinking. That's why we don't we don't go that far in that verse. We got to stop somewhere work. before we get to the deep thoughts. Now you're starting to step on toes, preacher. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I don't want to preach doing this. I don't want to go with it, man. No, no we agree 100%. Keep going. Yeah, yeah but it, it's that kind of a thought. So we're like that redwood oak tree, uh, that, or the redwood tree. We wear that that pain uh, of all of that, and we, we wear it around like a badge. Uh, but that's, that's not how God wanted us to be seen as Christians. Uh, there is work to do. It, it says, listen, if I'm in tune with God in prayer, he's revealing to me from heaven. That verse tells me he wants me to see all the ungodliness and all the unrighteousness. And then I have something to do about it in preaching the gospel to make sure that people know the truth of what God desires them to know about his word and about who he is. And so it, it's it's I don't understand how people don't get excited about that or find energy in it. Uh, and that's why one of my biggest problems is when I start preaching or uh, teaching, I, I don't see a clock. I, I just can't see a clock because it's just when we start talking God's word, I, I've got, got to reveal truth as God has revealed to me or else I, I hold it in. <laughs> right. And then it, it just it becomes no good to anyone at that point. Right. Uh, I think it's like you're the salt of the earth. But when the salt loses its savor, what good is it? Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that's the thing. And, and, and in that same passage, you know, as we see the things around us that should be a motivator, should be an activator to doing something, you know, when it goes on to say that God's wrath is coming towards all that unrighteousness you see, that inaction on our part is also the unrighteousness that God's wrath is coming for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it makes us no better than all of those things and all of those things that we say we wish were better or that should be better or someone else should make better. It's if, if we don't act and do something on the things that God has revealed to us are part of our job in loving him and loving others to do something about, right. you know, we're, we're right there with everyone else. That's, you know, we label sinners and, and, and right. you know, all that. And, and that's the difficult thing. I think when people see injustice and they want to try and address it to some degree, uh, they realize it's going to be difficult and having difficult conversations or, uh, dealing with difficult issues or, or things. And, and yes, it is. God never told us it was going to be easy. In, in fact, he told, he told us it was going to be hard. Yeah, there's nothing about sin or injustice that's easy. Uh, but the, the, what we've been told is he's going to give his spirit, which is the power of God in us, to deal with these issues and to deal with them in a godly way. And so we, we have to realize that not only did God give us the, the mandate, to deal with the unrighteousness and the injustices, but he's also given us the power to deal mm -hmm. with it. And so, so often what I see Christians, they sit back in fear and they cower because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It, it's not easy work. And so we just walk away from it because we don't feel, because see, uh, and it's this verse that I, uh, Christians always struggle with when Jesus says, listen, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, 
but in all the other verses, he's talking about being bringing peace, not like the world knows, but you know, my peace I want to give you. He talks about that type of peace. But that one time he's talking about, hey, I came to bring a sword uh, to you, not necessarily peace. And I think that's that, that concept that he wants to be able to give us the sword of truth uh, in his word to be able to fight the injustice that comes. Because at that moment, that's not peace that we're looking at. That right. sin that has to be dealt with. And there's nothing peaceful about the cross. Uh, when I look at the cross, uh, you know, we, we have that religious uh, feeling when we look at the cross. We get solemn about it all. But there's, there's nothing solemn about what happened at the cross that day when Jesus died for our sins. There was nothing peaceful about that. And so it's that that concept that we have to realize that when we're dealing with this sin issue, when we're dealing with the unrighteousness, it's going to cause problems. It's going to be messy. But God has given us the power. He's given us his spirit, which will guide us and lead us into truth. Absolutely. I well, know that Doug has been real quiet. Doesn't he? Yeah, I was going to I was going to say I was going to open up the, 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 the table. Jeez. I mean, you know, when, when, <laughs> when, when you get Al Newsom talking, you just get out of his way. Come on now. Good. Right. Great. I don't know. I, this has been awesome, guys. I mean, I don't know. Wow. We could have almost done a whole series on maybe. Yeah, where where you been at the last year and a half out? Come on now, <laughs> you can because one of the things, uh, and you know, we we're more educated society today, and so there are a lot. Well, of I thought you were going to say we were more educated. I was going to say I'm not. Okay. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, not not present company included, but okay. yeah, the rest of society. Uh, and, and one of the things we try to do so often is deal with this in a clinical manner. And, and, and it's not really a clinical thing, in my opinion. Yeah, there are some tools that, you know, psychiatrists and, and, and counselors can give us to help us deal with anger. But the reality is it's a part of who we are. And anything that, um, that we're going to have to deal with, that, that only comes by the Holy Spirit that, that's going to be helped to shape and to change uh, what's going on. And so it, it's, it's a struggle for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and we've, we've brought it up, I think on every episode and, and it's great to bring that up again here on the last episode in that none, nothing we're talking about, none of these feelings, none of this has been about saying that these are exclusively biblical, but that the ultimate um, medicator, the ultimate solution is in God. We are God made. Yes. And therefore, only through him do we really find either the applicators or the therapy for these things. Right. We're, we're afforded many great tools and resources, um, you know, uh, through life to deal with depression, to deal with anxiety, to deal with anger uh, and, and even to deal with, uh, you know, pride and envy. But right. if we only come at it from, like you said, a clinical standpoint, if we only look, well, if I just go to therapy and if I just get medication, yeah. then you're missing a big part of the conversation in the same way that I feel if you just say that, well, I'm angry, so I'm just going to read my Bible more. And right. you, you think that if I just do these Christian things, then it is it's going to get better. I, I think it's just as detrimental. I, you know, we're we're a, a holistic person that God loves and has afforded many resources to holistically. And so we have to address our, our, our life and, and, and our walk in the same way. Yeah. So I, I think it's been a, another great episode full of great discussion. Um, any, anything else to add, Doug, to that before we well, go? Oh, no, unless Major Al has something to say. 
Well, I just thank you guys for taking the time to do this because uh, it is important that Christians know that they're, they're, you know, their feeling isn't bad. They're made in the image of God. He gets angry. So mm -hmm. we, mostly, we, mostly at us. <laughs> we, we should be able to get angry, just not right. the way that most uh, uh, that society gets angry. Right. Uh, something ought to be different about the anger that a Christian carries. Um, you know, it, and Jesus says, you'll know they're my disciples by the love they have for one another. Mm -hmm. It doesn't talk about being angry with each other, but right. that's a part of it. Uh, and that love uh, overcomes that anger. And we are able to see them differently and work with them differently because of that love. And not necessarily suppress the angry, anger, but to be able to deal with the anger, deal with the issues and move forward. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and that's what I appreciate about uh, so much of our conversation is, you know, I mean, we have to dig into what it is. What's why are we angry? Yeah. And, and then, all right, what was making that Facebook post the wisest thing? Because that's yeah. probably a very petty thing to be angry about. Most uh, times I, it is. Yeah, yeah I, I have a friend. I have a friend that uh, texts me when I post certain things and says grace and capital all caps truth. So yes. like, just a reminder, you, you said right things, but you didn't say it in the right way. Yes. Um, and that's just as important. Yeah. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it's it's taking that time to make sure that there's a lot of things we should be motivated and 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 seeking to do with our strong feelings. Um, but we also should make sure that we're stamping out those things that are unrighteous and, and just too human, um, you know, less of ourselves, more of him. Well, it's been a great show, guys. Um, we just scratched the surface. Absolutely. Well, if you want to hear more truth, I highly recommend you come by the Augusta Crock Church every Sunday at 11 a.m. And there will be truth all over the place. Gosh, in fact, this Sunday we have a, we have a guest speaker. We have Teddy Tripp's going to be uh, uh, teaching a little bit for us this Sunday. And we're enrolling a new member, aren't we, John? Yes, a new junior member. Yeah, um, a new junior soldier joining the church this Sunday. It, it seems like not too long ago that uh, we were doing his uh, dedication. And I don't want to talk about it, John. I, don't I was going to say, about it. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how his parents feel because it already makes me feel older. But um, Yeah, I've got kids that I've, I were there when they were kids. They're not Salvation Army officers. I'm not okay with this. Or, or folks you're working with now. <laughs> right. Al News is a grandfather. It, it's, it's getting right. real up in here. It's getting real. It's so, um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, many exciting things. We're we're in a, a very busy season. You know, we talk about Christmas all the time being the army business season, but around here, the Crocs in our summer is just as busy, I'd say. Um, and so we're excited about it. But um, yeah, uh, we got family night next week. Yes, and and that it, it, we have family fun night that's kicking off our our first VBS back since COVID. Um, and so uh, lots of great things, lots of great programming and opportunities to uh, fellowship, have fun, and and hopefully learn something much like this uh, talk show here. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we like to be as much about education as we are fun. But um, and I think we have. I think we've done that today for sure. Edutainment. Edutainment. There you go. <laughs> right. All right. So, um, Major Newsom, would you mind closing us in prayer uh, as we leave it off tonight? It would be my privilege. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we had to just um, look into your word and discuss your word. Uh, Father, there's so many things uh, that we get caught up in ourselves and of ourselves. And uh, your word helps bring clarity for us about who we are and who we are in you. And so teach us, Father, how to continue to look into your word. But 
Uh, you didn't just give us your word that we might be able to walk right. Uh, you gave us a mandate uh, and a commission to go out into all the world and to share your word with folks so that they might know there is a way which seen, uh, which uh, is pleasing to you. And so um, we don't want them to be lost. And so, Father, give us the strength, the power, if necessary, even make us angry about it to be able to share the good news with folks so that they might uh, gain heaven and miss hell. Father, we just thank you again for uh, the folks at the Croc Center who have done uh, just this very thing of sharing the good news and finding new ways of sharing the good news. Uh, and may they continue to be strengthened in that and uh, guided by your Holy Spirit through it all. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Major. And to everyone else in Crosstalk land, have a great night.